Welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates, and our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. First, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Bigley Ranish LLP, a security clearance law firm offering worldwide representation, assisting service members, federal employees, and federal contractors in all stages of the clearance process. Whether you're concerned about an upcoming investigation, need help responding to a statement of reasons, or require representation in a formal hearing, they are your one-stop solution. Hello, hello, ClearedCast subscribers, and thanks for tuning in to this episode. I'm Katie, Editorial Communications Manager with ClearanceJobs.com, and today I have the CJ News Site Editor, Jilly Ham, joining me to give you a rundown on last week's breaking news and career advice and what you can look forward to this week here at Clearance Jobs. So we have especially haunting content that we'll be bringing you as we close in on Halloween in the year of 2020, a very very scary time. So Jill, thanks for joining us on this news briefing here at ClearedCast. Good chatting about everything. Looking forward to it. Let's chit chat about what happened last week at news.clearancejobs.com. We'll start out looking in category intelligence. Christopher Burgess updated us on the FBI and DNI. They updated the U.S. public on the night of the 21st about foreign actors who got their hands on voter registration data and then sent voters in Florida as well as other states, because it can't just be Florida with voter issues, right? So other states too, some spoofed emails trying to get the recipients to change political parties. Essentially, the goal of the emails is obviously to confuse, create chaos. Like that's the whole agenda of disinformation. Because, you know, weakened American people is a weakened country. So that is the goal of what they're trying to do. Burgess explains The interesting thing is the voter information is technically public. So while it can look like this was due to a hack, it's not necessarily so. So the reports haven't indicated that at all. So they could have just gotten the information through how all of us can access the information and then categorized it and organized it and then sent out these emails. So both the DNI as well as the FBI director cited Iran and Russia as separate actors in this attempt. And it was also a good reminder you know, for us Americans, just to remain vigilant, to not be tracking everything that comes through our email, to know that there are people out there that countries that want us confused or whatnot. So to stay vigilant in that. It's interesting. I I guess I never really thought about that type of voter information being public anyway. And, you know, public information or things that are available, uh, you know, it's still... Mm-hmm information that should be safeguarded, maybe not necessarily classified or anything like that. But yeah, again, like you said, just stay vigilant when it comes to going through emails and, you know, protecting your own information. Right. Because there's, I mean, there's lots out there that's publicly available information that it doesn't take a hack into databases to piece together who to contact if you have an agenda, which, you know, There are adversary countries that do have an agenda, so it's good to remember that, especially for those of us with clearances. So looking at a couple things in the security clearance world, two things from Sean Bigley stood out to me this week. His article on a courier card was helpful. Obviously, we got classified email technology 
that's more widely available than it was years ago, which is probably when courier cards were first implemented before we had email. But I think it's still a good process to know about that there's not only a processes to follow, but there's also cards that you have to have in order to transfer classified materials. So I think it's one of those terms that people kind of have a loose information. In fact, Sean even says, I found in my law practice that many clearance holders, even those who work with classified information regularly, are familiar with courier cards only in theory. They lack a practical understanding of what a courier card is and is it not to mention the rules surrounding their use. One client recently quipped that the courier card was like the security clearance equivalent of the Loch Ness Monster. A lot of people have heard about it, but few people have actually seen one. So I thought, it was, like, that's that's probably on point. You're like, it's kind of the thing, like, it's out there. No one really has to use it that much. But it could be something that you overlook. Like, if you actually have to transfer classified materials, it's something you do need to know about just to make sure that you are not acting opposite of what policy requires you to do. So sure. I thought that was a really helpful piece that he had. And then I really loved his conversation with you, Katie. Great to listen to. So he provides a lot of helpful examples for, for clearance holders, just so you understand what to avoid, what the law has to say about it. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you go back after you're done listening here <laughs> and listen to that one. The horror stories from clearance holders keeping up with our October theme, right? Sure. Well, and that I especially liked it because I did find a sort of Halloween themed story. It involved Candy, a child, a background investigator, and that was pulled from the Clearance Jobs blog. So yes, go listen to that episode after this. There's just so many crazy stories. I'm sure like when you're out on the road and meeting with people that you just run into so many different crazy stories. In fact, one of our newest contributors, Dan Bradley, former investigator, he had a top 10 True Tales from the Investigation Street was a piece that he wrote for us. And he was actually going to comment on Sean's story uh, with his podcast with you. And I'm like, actually, I think you got a great article here because we even have more than what was in the piece that we posted. But just all the different crazy stories from being on the streets and interviewing people or just different things you run into that you wouldn't expect. So I think it's helpful to see your side as a clearance holder, but also the side of those who have to do the work and track down all the different pieces of information and how the whole system works together. I think it's helpful to see the whole picture. So absolutely. We all have a story. So what about career advice? So with career advice, I really find it hard to pick. <laughs> so much good career advice here. I've written a couple on um, compensation in different cities. So if you haven't checked them out, look at there's Colorado, California, and Alabama. I think it's helpful just to keep your awareness open for where the different jobs are in different cities and what the markets look like. So you can look at what compensations look like in each of those cities this year, compare them out. I think whether you're looking for a job or not, it's good to know what the landscape looks like. It's kind of like looking for houses while you're still happy in your current house, just so you know what's out there and what the numbers look like, what the company landscape is, all those things contribute to that. But then the other one that really stood out was Steve Leonard's recent piece on toxic leaders. So it wasn't like a deep dive into the making of a toxic leader per se, but what more on why they have a following. You know, sometimes we have a toxic boss, you know, that's, of course, challenging. We don't have that, but, <laughs> um, you know, people do. <laughs> so I think it's good to know what to do in those different situations. And we've written different articles about how to deal with that while you're working for one. And then, of course, you know, when I think of a toxic boss, I think of the lovable Michael Scott. Like maybe people would follow something like that. 
probably not, but like kind of like in the show, you learn to love them. You get things done in spite of them, you know? Steve addresses the different characteristics that make a toxic leader almost magnetic for someone to follow. I think that there was like a line that he pointed out the difference between charisma and it crossing over into manipulation. And just like the charm that some people have naturally can be used to get people to do whatever they want and they just kind of blindly follow them. And almost like it's where like the phrase like drink the Kool-Aid kind of people apply it. But the last slide in Steve's article I thought was pretty powerful. He said the presence of confidence and charisma are not always indicative of toxic leadership. But in the hands of the wrong leader, they cast an alluring and dangerous spell. Together, they can destroy an organization from within, crush the spirit of people within, and leave nothing but chaos and destruction in their wake. So that was the ending. (laughs) So that's a dark, kind of with our Halloween theme, right? For October. Sure. Yeah, but it's interesting to see just the effects of toxic leadership and, you know, just to be in tune with when you work for somebody that might have that, you know, just how devastating those effects are and to not just jump on ship. Because I think one of the things that he pointed out is like, when you jump on ship with that, like, if you have a choice to change, it's good to do that. But like, when you sign on for that, you kind of, you don't want the ship to go down anymore, because you'll do whatever it takes to keep it up, because it's going to, you're going to have to go down with it if this leader leaves. And so I think that's a interesting thing to look at and just the dynamics that go into that. And he sent it to me and said, it's a little bit dark. I'm like, no, no, it wasn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I did enjoy how Steve, you know, he's written about toxic leaders and, you know, the effects that they have on people on morale and almost angry leader, toxic leader. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like this one because it was more about the charismatic leader, sort of behind the scenes manipulator, which I did appreciate and which probably don't get as much um, of the discussion because they are so likable and they are so charismatic. I think it's good to be watchful in that. I think even like as we all of us have different, all our different characteristics come out into play to be watchful of how, you know, to not be passive aggressive or to be focused on our agenda, but to really be about the mission and supporting that advancing other people. I think we go a lot farther when we keep our focus on the mission and advance the people around us, it does move the dial more. So I think it's helpful when you look at, like you kind of take a deep dive into some of these, especially looking at what the making of a toxic leader, as well as what the followers look like. I think it's good for us when you evaluate your own leadership, as well as what you want to align to going forward. It was really, really helpful. I thought. Sure. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. So anything uh, that we can look forward to this week on the news site? Every week we have recruiting articles. So every Monday, check out the news site for who's hiring, who's laying off. So I write that. It's I do like putting opportunities to watch for. Just different, like if Space Force has something new out, I include that in there. So it's it's kind of an interesting take on different things happening around the, the recruiting world. So and then... Katie, you have a great weekly post recruiting tips. And of course, in October, we have the scary ones. It won't always be the scary on people ghosting you or Mm -hmm. different horror stories, but that keeps delivering every single Friday. So, and then even like Saturdays, it's always the Ask CJ. So different things come up from our blog. Keep your eyes peeled out for that. And on Sunday, often we have um, Sean Bigley updates us on different things like we talked about with a courier card or inheritance or any other things like that that he has us help look into 
And then we've also added in the dose of DOA every week where you can see different cases that came up, what the final ruling was. Wendy had a great piece this past week on someone who thought he controlled the storms. You know, he couldn't recreate it all the time, but he walked out of his office building where his work site was, saw storm clouds and thought he was the one making them moving. I love the she put the interaction with the judge on there and the judge is like, so climate storms, right? That's what you're talking about. And the applicant was like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. OK, proceed. Got it. <laughs> so right. um, it's always interesting to see the different cases that come in and how they are, what the ruling on them is. So those are every week. And I'll have more information coming out on some more of the top states for clear jobs and what the compensation is in them. So keep your eyes peeled out for those. And, you know, Jill, I, I really enjoy those because, you know, one thing when I was a recruiter, a lot of candidates, you know, they all have different motivations when it comes to accepting an offer. You know, a lot of them are motivated by salary and what those numbers look like. But I really like your dive into compensation because you do talk about the cost of living. You do talk about more of the package including compensation. But I really like diving into those. I think it's both helpful for a candidate and recruiter audience to see what's going on around the country. And almost if you are a candidate actively seeking, be the first to bite on some of these areas that you know maybe have a growing cleared market. Yeah. So I'm really excited about those. No, it's good. Because I think you're right. There's more that goes into the decision to move. There's a whole picture that goes into that. And I think what's helpful to know is if you're going to go move to a new area, is there going to be more of your types of work out there? Like if you want to work, like it's good to know what the whole industry looks like and that landscape in an area so that you can make that decision and know that, hey, if this company doesn't work out, not that you want to go in thinking that, but are there other options? Is there room for me to grow? That kind of thing. It creates a, a larger picture for you. That's helpful. Absolutely. Well, that is all we have time for today. Uh, if you love us, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Next week, you will not want to miss my interview with Matisse Wright Springer, who is the first African-American naval flight officer. Really incredible story. So please tune in for that. And if you have any thoughts or questions about security clearances, or you want us to dive into uh, another topic, you can send us a direct message on our social channels or send us a note at editor at clearancejobs.com. 